Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Albert Preciado from The Mortgage Guys. This is Edwin Ariabe from Skyline Security. Hey, this is Carrie Kaysen. And if you want to learn how to build wealth and relationships. And guys, if you want to build your people skill. And if you want to blow up your networking. You should listen to this episode of Build Your Network Podcast. Build Your Network Podcast. Build Your Network Podcast. With my good friend, Travis Chappell. Travis Chappell. Travis Chappell. Welcome back to the show. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know. If you agree, then keep on listening for tips on how to cultivate meaningful connections the right way. If you disagree, then tune in anyway to let me prove you wrong with my journey. My name is Travis Chapel, and this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Welcome back to Top Networking Tips. This is part number 13, featuring Albert Preciado, Edwin Aroyave, and Carrie Kasem. Albert is the founder CEO of The Mortgage Guys, a very successful mortgage brokerage. And he also has the event called Driven, which uh, features a fantastic lineup of speakers every year. This past year was with Grant Cardone and Ty Lopez and Brad Lee and a bunch of just really, really great people were there. And it was cool connecting with everybody at that event. Then we have Edwin Aroyave. He is the founder and CEO of uh, Skyline Security, which is a door-to-door alarm sales company, which him and I had some commonality there because I used to do that kind of stuff. And uh, so I have a lot of respect for what he's been able to build. He's bootstrapped his whole business, which in that industry is very, very difficult to do. Most of the companies that come in and crush it have a lot of funding behind them. And Edwin just built it on the skin of his back and with a ton of hustle. And so uh, we have some great conversations. And then with Carrie Kasem, the daughter of the famous radio personality, Casey Kasem, 
She's crushing it in her own right in the broadcasting world and doing so many great things, even in the political spectrum. And so there's, man, just so much in this episode that's going to be jam-packed full of value, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. But before we get into that, I want you to go over and screenshot this episode. I want to talk to you. I want to reach out to you, and I want you to reach out to me. I want to be able to connect with every person that listens to this show. So go ahead and screenshot this episode and upload it to your Instagram story. Tag me in it for sure. That's at Travis Chapel, C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L. And then if you can uh, tag Edwin, Carrie, and Albert in it as well, that would be fantastic. Let them know that you're listening to the show and that you love and support the things that they're doing. Yeah, I would love to have a conversation with you. Please just upload this to your Instagram story and let's chat sometime. So I will see you over there or I'll catch you in the Facebook group as well. So now without any further ado, let's get into top networking tips, part number 13 with Albert Preciado, Edwin Aroyave, and Carrie Kasich. Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important, Albert, and why? I think it's a combination of both. You can't just not know anything and just know people and expect to be successful. You got to put in the work. So it's huge knowing and becoming friends with people that you aspire to be like. Mm -hmm. But then again, you have to put in the work or else those people are going to drop you. Yeah. Yeah. They're just going to see you as the incompetent friend that just kind of is around all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So if you're, if if somebody's listening to this right now and you're going to tell them to focus on either one of those this year, which of them are you going to tell them to focus on? Building themselves first, because I built myself, I built credibility and I had something to show Grant Cardone. I had something to show Patrick David so that I could get a chance to be in front of them. The worst thing you could do is get in front of somebody like that and waste their time. Hmm. because that'll be the end of it. You'll never, ever get another chance with them. So you have to be prepared. You have to read a lot, study a lot, do self-improvement, work on your mind a lot so that you could communicate with a person like that. And then once you start communicating with them, once you meet with them for the first time and you earn their respect, you're going to stay a friend with them and then you're going to keep growing with them. So there's a lot of people that just think, hey, you know what? I'm going to go work with Albert. I'm going to go work for Albert at the Mortgage Guys, or I'm going to go work with Grant Cardone at Cardone Enterprises. And just because I work for them means that I'm going to be another multimillionaire on the rise. It's not just about that. It's You have to put in the work, yeah. and it requires a lot of hard work and a lot of sleepless nights. So basically, building a team around that has been pretty paramount to the success you've seen? The biggest the biggest. Okay. Would you say that that is something that you were kind of naturally okay with? Because for a lot of people, it sounds good to build a team, but they're just not okay with either delegating different tasks to different people, or they can't handle the extra stress or workload of bringing on more people to train and work with. How was that whole process for you? That all comes with the training, the self-improvement, the mentors that I've had which have guided me. And I always been humbled enough to know that there's people better than me. And I always want to learn from those people. I'm always open to get better. I always want to progress. So a lot of that is comes with ego. So people think that they're all that and that they could do everything on their own, Mm -hmm. but I was capped. Like there's just a certain amount of production that you by yourself could do. So once you start hiring and growing your empire, you could do a hundred times, a million times more than just you by yourself. Yeah. So one of my problems was when I was stuck making 300 K when I went to Grand Cardone seminar in Cancun, this was four years ago. And mm. 
he just said something really simple that is common sense, but sometimes you don't see it until somebody else tells you that. And it's really important to watch the source of your advice. So when he told me that, I kind of started thinking about it and just put some action into place, which was build your army. So he said, build your army and you'll make more than 300K. I built my army and then I doubled the income to 600, then went over a million. And this was in a matter of months. Wow. Wow. Just from that one one piece of advice. (laughs) Yeah. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Was that your first experience working with Grant? Yeah. Well, that was the first time I met him in person, but I had been reading about him for a year. Okay. Watching his shows and all that stuff. Okay. What about with Patrick? How were you able to develop a relationship with him? Well, Patrick, I saw his 90 seconds of an entrepreneur video. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Went viral a couple years ago. Yeah. And it got my attention, especially because that was my dream car, the the red Italia Ferrari. Oh, okay. And that's what I named my daughter, Italia. Oh, Uh I gotcha. Didn't even put that together until he just said it. Yeah. So what I did is uh, like that got my attention and I started studying him and watching all his YouTube videos and all that stuff. And I wanted to meet him because every time I meet somebody that I believe in having very few mentors, because if you have 10 mentors, you're going to go crazy and you're not going to do anything right. Mm. But my two mentors were, was Grant at the time and I needed another mentor. So Grant, he's so big on sales and investing in apartments. Mm-hmm. and Patrick is so big in systems and procedures. So I knew that systems and procedures was going to take the mortgage guys, my company to a multi-billion dollar level, which is the vision that I have. Mm-hmm. So I started following him and I, I went to Dallas a few years ago and I knew he was there. He had just moved there from Glendale. 
So I told him, Hey, I'm going to be in the area. Let's meet up. And I sent him a nice message on Instagram. Of course, he went on my page. He kind of saw how many followers I had. He saw my content that earned me a right to go meet him. Mm -hmm. So he invited me to his office and we talked, we met, and that was the start of our relationship. Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why? Yeah, I think they go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. I definitely think who you know is important. And I think you have to hang out with people that are doing better than you. In fact, even till now, I get out of my comfort zone and I like to hang out with people that do way better than me. Mm -hmm. It makes me realize that there's so much more to grow. But it also, you know, you get mentored and from you start taking pieces of everybody. And, you know, you got to humble yourself, right? Which is key because a lot of people just want to be that big fish, right? And want to hang out with people that are just going to tell you yes all the time because it's comfortable. But I think it, you know, you have to get out of that comfort zone and hang out with people that do very well. You mentioned earlier, I belong to this thing called the Young Presidents Organization. And it's essentially like a fraternity for multi, multi millionaires, billionaires. You know, some of uh-huh that are in this organization own billion dollar companies. Wow. And we meet once a month for four hours a day. And we're, we talk about life experiences and we don't necessarily give each other advice. We give each other our experiences in certain, whether it's life family or whether it's business or whether it's fitness or whether it's love, you know, whatever. So success will naturally bring, you know, money attracts money. And if you have a good success record and you've worked with integrity and people know what you're all about, people are going to want to do business with you. And it's always good to hang out with those people because eventually you might do business with them. That's the importance of, you know, they say money makes money. I mean, it takes money to make money. And that's kind of a good illustration. You need to have a why. And I think if you have a why, then the what will come naturally, right? So, you know, for me, I've had many whys. My first why, my first real, real why that just, I think, made me who I am today was I made a promise to my mother that I was going to buy her a house. You know, when I first started knocking on doors, well, first of all, for the first 10 days, I absolutely sucked. I couldn't sell (laughs) that, but I sucked. I sucked because I never studied the material. Yeah. Yeah. I'd become so good at the phone company that I kind of got a little big on my head and I thought Mm -hmm. that I could just go in there and wing it. And what I always tell people as well is ignorance gives you fear. When you don't know about something, you're going to be scared. Mm -hmm. And as I didn't know, I'd never studied my material. When I was going up to the doors, people could see the fear in my face. (laughs) I didn't know what the hell I was going to say. So, of course, they would attack me. So I always give the analogy of like, if you're a basketball player, I play a lot of basketball. And if you see someone can't handle the ball, you're going to go and you're going to rip them. Right. you're a quarterback and you look scared, you're going to get blitzed. Right. You're a boxer and you look scared, you're going to get bum rushed. And that's exactly what happened to me. And I came back because I knew what the problem was. The problem was I didn't study. And all I did that weekend was study my material. I came back with so much knowledge and knowledge gives you confidence. Hmm. So now I knew my stuff. And I went to the door with so much confidence. All of a sudden, nobody's slamming the door on me because I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You command that presence. Like you command that somebody needs to give you the respect to listen to you, basically. Exactly. And that comes from knowing your stuff, right? Yeah. You're selling yourself that you know everything, right? Right. So I was able to get five deals in one day. Oh, nice. I made 1500 bucks in one day and I couldn't sleep. I was like, man, imagine if I could do this 
every day. Yeah. And so that same weekend, I went to an open house. And even though I didn't have the money, I was like, I'm a homeowner. I belong in a home and I'm worth a hundred grand. So even though I don't have it right now, I'm still going to go look for a house. And when I went to go look for a house, it gave me a roadmap of what I needed to do. So the real estate agent basically says to me, well, you need to come up with $12,000 and then your payment's going to be 1400 bucks a month. I'm like 1400 bucks a month. I make that in a day. Yeah. And then I, it was all about saving the 12 grand. So then I came back and I did simple math. I said, my bills were at 4,000 a month. So I need to make a thousand bucks a week to pay my bills, another thousand bucks a week to pay the IRS and savings. And then the other thousand bucks a week was going to go for my mom's house. Then I grabbed my mom and I drove her and I said, mom, this house is going to be yours in 90 days. And if it's not this one, it's going to be something similar in this neighborhood. And her dream was always to live in Downey, California. So now I had a roadmap. I needed to make three grand a week for the next 12 weeks. That was my why, mm-hmm. which meant I need to do eight to 12 deals a week. And that why was so strong. There was so many times that I wanted to quit yeah. that I kept going. I can't tell you how many times I got to do at 1030 at night. And because of that, because of that result, I got confidence. So again, if you, someone that started with me, who was maybe way more talented than I was, because I outworked him, my confidence went here, but he doesn't stay here. He actually drops. And then the next day, same thing again. And then the next thing, same thing again. And the next right. thing, all of a sudden there's this separation. And then people ask, well, why is that guy that was way more talented? How did Edwin end up here? Mm-hmm. Really, I always say, it's almost like I tricked myself into success because if you don't have a why then you'll only work enough. Your why becomes your bills. Hmm. So if your bills are only two grand a month, then as soon as you make two grand, then you chill for the next three weeks. Yeah, so true. Yep. Start again, right? But what I did is I knew I needed to get this house. So like the day I got five deals that week, I ended up with 12, which I think I made like five grand in one week. And I think if I wouldn't have had the why, my urgency wouldn't have been the same the next week. I would have been a little more chill and I would have let that fire run out. Yeah. Instead, I was like, nope, I need, that's only one week. I need to do it for 12 weeks. And every time I wanted to quit, I would just picture my mom's face, you know, when just, when she used to have to clean offices and, you know, bring up the buckets of water up the stairs. And I used to have to help her. And and I used to think of like her sweating because we couldn't afford air conditioning in the car because the car was so old. Mm. And I remember her crying. And then I remember her trying to do door to door and she was just not very good at it and everything that she did for us. And I was like, man, I got to get her that house. And that's what kept me out there. And because I had that, eventually I did it for 12 weeks straight. It became a habit. Mm. So then it just results, right? Then my confidence just skyrocketed. And then I hit that goal, that why, and then as soon as I got that goal, then there was the next goal. And then it was, it was oh, to this day, there's always goals. If you're not accomplishing something, for, at least for me, I sort of get depressed. <laughs> I got yeah. to be productive. Yeah. I yeah. tell people that even if it's when you first wake up, man, just do your bed. Do something productive and it already make, starts making you feel good about yourself. Yeah. And there's so many studies on that too. I think Lewis House wrote a great book called Millionaire Morning and he breaks down a couple of those things. But I think there's literally a whole book of called Make Your Bed, if I'm not mistaken. But it talks about, it just puts you in the habit of being productive basically as soon as you wake up. 
This is Build Your Network podcast, where we talk a lot about how to network and how to build relationships and all that kind of stuff. And that was a fantastic story. The big thing that you talked about at 10X GrowthCon that really made me want to get you on my show specifically, since it's about networking, is the story that you told about getting a job at the UFC working with Dana White. Can you elaborate on that story for listeners? Of course. When I grew up, I did Kempo karate for a little bit. I'm not a fighter. I did not enjoy it. My sister became a purple belt. My brother was great. I was not there. But I took a little bit of, you know, martial arts as a kid. And I remember, gosh, was this 2004 dating this guy who was so into MMA and so into the UFC. I had never seen a UFC fight. And he showed me a lot. And he's like, let's go to a fight. So we go to this fight. We're in the Mandalay Bay where I spoke, which is crazy. And we're, we're there and we're about halfway up and I'm watching the fight. And I think it was a big John McCarthy and there was the fighters and you know, everything going on, but that was great. But I kept looking at the blonde, this gorgeous blonde that was doing all the interviews in the crowd and doing the post-fight interviews and just watching her. And I remember turning to the guy that I was with, the guy I was dating. And I said, you know, I could do a better job than this girl that they have. And he looks at me and he says, oh yeah, right. Like (laughs) do Lisa Durgan's job, you know, get Lisa Durgan's job. And that just, it fueled every, it just, the fire went off and you know, that bitmoji where there's like fire everywhere. That was me. And the whole time that I was there, I kept thinking, how do I do this? How am I going to get that job? What am I going to do? And it was, it was, I got very excited because I was going to do everything I could to work for the UFC at that point. I knew it. So I get home, I figure out who I need to write and who I need to send my reel to and my resume. And it was a man named Dana White and Zufa Productions. So I did that. I wrote a letter. I, I put my reel in. I, you know, put a resume in a nice cover letter and I sent it off. And meanwhile, I'm watching old UFC fights. I'm learning everything I can about MMA. I actually started to take jujitsu, not because I wanted to fight, but because I wanted to know the holds and, the, and be able to call things and be able to understand the fighting. And I didn't hear from him for a few months. I did it again. I wrote a letter, my reel, everything, sent it off. A few weeks go by, nothing. So I decided I was going to pick up the phone and call. <laughs> Lo and behold, I actually get Dana White on the phone. And I say, hey, it's Gary Kasem. I've sent you, you know, my reel, my resume. I'd love to work for you guys. And he says, oh, you know, I have it sitting here on my desk. I said, great. <laughs> Anything? <laughs> and you know, he said, we're not hired right now. But, you know, I'll take a look at it. And if we're looking to hire somebody, I'll let you know. And before Lisa Durgan, I think she was a playmate, was Carmen Electra. You know, I didn't have the, you know, I wasn't this tall, gorgeous, you know, I wasn't Carmen Electra either. So I'm thinking, well, I'm cute. (laughs) I'm a great host. That's what I have. I'm a really good host. So I just said, well, what am I going to do now? I'm going to get myself in front of this Dana White. And I bought myself a ticket to the UFC, flew out to Vegas, and I heard about an after party everybody was going to. So I head there and I actually tapped the bouncer and I'm like, hey, I don't know what Dana White looks like. Um, <laughs> he is, you know, can you help me? And the guy said, absolutely. And I'll let you know when he walks in. A few minutes later, he taps and he's like, that's Dana White. I run over to him. Dana, Carrie Kasem. <laughs> hey. <laughs> it's me. Yeah. <laughs> I want to work for you. I'm not a stalker. You know? <laughs> oh, he was really cool. He's like, look, you know, you're, I love your persistence. It's just, you know, we're not hiring. You want to come in for the party. And that was cool. So then I thought, okay, 
what next? What do I need to do next? And before I did my next action, I got a call from Dana. I said, hey, I'm going to be in Los Angeles with a couple of the fighters. We're going to do this morning news show. You want to come and hang out? Okay. Is there anything you need? Can I bring you anything? Whatever you need. He's like, no, just, just come out and, and meet us. So I did. I met them at this morning show and I walk in and the two biggest fighters in the world at the time are there. And especially the world of MMA which was Chuck Liddell and Randy Couture. You know, it's like, wow. Wow. And at this point, I knew enough about MMA to really hold a conversation. Mm. And I held my own with these guys and with Dana. And I'm like, I'm in. This is awesome. And they invite me to dinner that night with it was it was Chuck and, and Randy and Dana and Joe Silva and Joe Rogan and a couple of the PR guys. And we have this great dinner and nothing. I don't hear anything. And so I'm like, what am I going to do? Well, I met Joe Silva, who's like Dana White's right hand man. I'm going to give him a call. We end up, I love this guy. He's the nicest man. And we end up talking for a while. And for some reason, he mentions that Dana White is addicted to black chapstick. Black chapstick. I'm really going, black chapstick. I've never heard of it. <laughs> Original, like black chapstick. The, the rapper is black. I'm like, oh. And for some reason, this creative like light bulb goes off. And I said, okay, I have got to send Dana White black chapstick. And not only did I send him some, I sent him a year's supply, maybe more. I mean, it was a huge box. And each container had like, you know, a hundred in them. And I just, I sent him this massive box of black chapstick, wrapped it up real nice, wrote another letter, shipped it off. And a few days later, he calls me back and he said, you know, I've never had anybody be so persistent, so creative and innovative. And he said, how would you like to host a DVD called Ultimate Knockout? So I wasn't going to use a host on it. But I'll give you a shot. You can see, we can see what you can do. And I said, great, I'll do it. I'm there when, and I do it. It actually ended up on Spike TV. And I did a few other ultimate knockouts for them. But a few months after that, he calls me up. He said, how would you like to host your first UFC fight? I did it. (laughs) Within less than a year, I had Lisa Durgan's job. You know, so F you, X. (laughs) Called me and asked for tickets and wanted to meet the fighters. (laughs) No no kidding. No kidding. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) Man, I just love so much about that story, Carrie. And that's why I wanted you to share that on the show. Because I think, like I was telling you a little bit before we hit the record button, I think persistence is so underrated nowadays. And I think that too many people give up so quickly on, they'll, they'll, it's so funny because you'll sit down with them and they'll be like, oh, this is my dream. This is what I want to happen. Like, this is what I would do anything for. And then somebody, he says no and it's like well i tried <laughs> and then it's like whoa, whoa, whoa i thought that this was like your thing like i thought that you wanted this like do you actually want this what's the deal here why do you think that so many people give up so quickly i always had a dad that told me i could do anything that you know and i had a dad who was persistent and who went against the norm and who fought for things like i said that were more popular at the time that protested that so i learned a lot from him and somebody tells you no it's just one wall you got to go, you know, when you're training for whatever it may be, some intense, you know, like tough mutter or the military, or whatever, there's a wall there, right? That's telling you no. If you just stop there and turn around and <laughs> you're not going to win the race, you're not going to get in the military. You're not going to, you know what I mean? Right. You got to get over that first hurdle. That's your first no, yeah. right? So then you're going to have other hurdles that are going to look different, that are going to act different, that are going to be different. You just have to find a creative way to get around it, under it, above it, whatever. Just get through it. That's a no to me. It's a fun, like mental course that you just got to get through. It's a puzzle. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a puzzle and you got to figure it out. It's a game. It's a life game. You're going to hear no's. You're going to hear you can't. You're going to hear you don't look right. You're going to hear, so what? I don't consider that. Those are considerations of other people. 
That's not where I'm going. That's how I look at it now. When you were first talking with Dana White and you got multiple no's from him, this is something that I've been talking to people about recently, Carrie, because I come from a door-to-door sales background. So I talk to a lot of people. I hear no a lot. I hear a lot of, you know, F off and all that kind of stuff. And more recently, though, by doing the podcast, I'm hearing no's from people that I actually respect. Right. So like knocking a door, like Joe Schmo tells me to F off. Like, I don't really care because who's that guy. Right. But then I go up to somebody that I really respect and I'm like, Hey, will you be on my show? And they're like, no, I don't have time. And it's like, ugh, that's like, it takes more of a toll, I guess you could say. Sure. So when you're talking to someone like Dana White and someone who you obviously you really respect and that you want to work with and you want him to respect you, how much different is hearing a no from somebody like that versus like a regular, you know, quote unquote, regular person. And then how did you handle that going forward? Oh, it just made it more fun and more challenging. I don't think of it as like, you know, somebody's a normal person, somebody's a big person, somebody's, it's like, now, now you have to just get more creative, Travis. You know what I mean? You've yeah. got to write a letter about why you respect them, why they should be on your show, what you guys can do for each other, whatever it takes. You just keep going after them. Be persistent. Be persistent. Keep going after them. They'll get on your show. Find somebody that you know that knows them. Hey, I want this guy on my show. What do we do? What can I do? How can you help me? so many avenues, you know, and maybe it's just a little bit more time. Maybe you need to, you know, whatever it may be, like show them all the people that have been on. I want you on. You're going to get help people. And I know you want to help people, right? Oh, definitely. Definitely. So, but that's a pitch you can give to people who are saying, no, you're too busy. Are you too busy to help people? Are you too busy to help my listeners that really need to hear your voice? You know, there's so many ways that you can go about things to get people to go, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense now. You have to make it make sense for them. Yeah, right. That's the big thing. And that's something I was talking to a guy on my show recently, Steve Sims. I don't know if you know who that is, but we're talking about creating win-win situations where you take somebody who might have a more, let's say, prestigious, quote unquote, stature, and you're making a win-win situation for them but and for you. Obviously, it's a win situation for you to get somebody like that to, to come on your show or whatever it may be. But it's also creating a situation where they're like, all right, you know what? I could see that this is actually going to benefit me as well because people like that have to guard their time. Time. And I think people take it too seriously when someone says no to them and they take it like really offensively. Like, you know, how dare you say no to me? You're just a jerk. And it's like, no, they're not a jerk. It's just like that guy has so many demands on his time. You have no idea how many requests that guy gets and how many like emails that girl gets. And you, you have no idea what their schedule looks like. You just have to figure out. And that's why I love your creativity in that process because you need to figure out a creative way to bust down the back door instead of walking through the front door. And I, I love that so much. So can you? tell us a story specifically, Carrie, about a time in your life when a connection to somebody led to something else that 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 led to something really great for you? Oh, gosh, I think that's most of my career. It's like who I've I've called, who I've, you know, and then they, wow, I remember you called me and I'm going to, you know, so yeah, I mean, there are connections and it is, I think there's no way, no man is an island. You're not, there's no way that unless you're isolated, like my dad was, there's no way you're not going to be able to meet people and to know people. So yeah, connections are a big part of it. But if you're not there, if you're not somebody who can actually do the job, knows what they're doing, it doesn't matter how many people you know. Right. Right. You know? right. Especially when it comes to work and jobs. But I'll have to say that having the last name Kasem in radio was the biggest connection for me. Didn't get me a job, but got me in the door. Now you have, and for your younger listeners, you know, my dad was the most listen to voice in the world for a while. He was the most recognized voice in the entire world for many years. So when you have this name, like Kasem, it will get you in the door. But now you better be good 
you better be twice as good and you better work twice as hard because they'll let you in and say, okay, let's see what you got. But no program director, no general manager of a radio station, let alone a syndicated program all over the country, all over the world, is going to give you that shot if you're not good. They're not going to take down their own career just to put up somebody with a famous last name. But the connection that with my father and to radio definitely got me in the door. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So the who brought the opportunity and the what allowed you to capitalize on that opportunity? Sure. I would say so. Speaking in networking terms and speaking in for work, you have to have both. You've got to know and you've got to have connections. You have to. I guess me looking at it from more philosophical and more of a point of view in life is like, well, it's not who you know. But yes, in work and with getting places, you do. you got to make great connections. You have to. Pulling all of this back, I know we've talked about a couple of different ways so far already, but if you had to boil it down to just one tip, like if somebody was just tuning into this episode and they're about to tune out in another minute and you had this one minute to give them one tip on how to become a better networker, how to build real genuine relationships better, what would that one tip be? Well, I'll tell you what resonated when I spoke at the 10X Growth Con and what everybody, I mean, my Lord, did I get so many people quoting me with this. The one thing I said that I've been living for about 18 years now is do the opposite of what fear tells you to do. So if you're afraid to make that call to somebody that you look up to or that you think might not take it or might deny you, don't. You're afraid to put yourself in in front of somebody that could give you a job. Don't be afraid. Let it go. Who cares? The worst they can say is no, find another way. So anything that you're a little fearful of, it's funny, I I put this quote up on my Facebook and somebody said, what if, you know, fear tells me not to go near that grizzly bear. (laughs) (laughs) You always have that one person. (laughs) And I just wrote back, one of my favorite films is Grizzly Man. Have you seen it? No. (laughs) I lived with grizzly bears for 14 years because he had no fear. (laughs) He eventually got eaten in the end, but in 14 years, he actually lived with the grizzly bears. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So moral of the story, he don't had no fear, fear grizzly that. bears. Yeah, yeah. Until something that he did got him eaten. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you always have that one person that's going to be like, well, what about this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. You hear my guests and I talk a lot about masterminds on the show because they're literally what I attribute most of the new quality relationships in my life to. If this is something that you are interested in at all, then hit me up and let's chat to see if you'd be a good fit for my mastermind, Build Your Network Dynasty. Just head over to buildyournetwork.co slash dynasty to fill out an application and we'll talk soon. Have a fantastic rest of your day and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it.